you beyond the borderline this is a podcast dedicated to exploring in a realistic and hopeful way what it's like to live with borderline personality disorder and other mental health problems. My name is Aline and I am your host for this podcast. I want to issue a proviso at the beginning of the podcast which is that this is absolutely not a substitute for professional mental health and or medical intervention. So please seek out those sources of support if you need them. And I also want to mention that I will be discussing topics such as self-harm and suicidal ideation and addiction that may be triggering for a number of people. I aim not to discuss those topics in a detailed way as I don't really think that adds anything to the discussion and does not really fit in with the mission of this podcast. However, in a spirit of being authentic about my life with borderline personality disorder, those topics will be mentioned in this and subsequent episodes. And I will do my best to issue trigger warnings before I start discussions about those or other potentially triggering topics. Hi, this is Aline from Beyond the Borderline and welcome to another episode. Have you ever had an experience of feeling happy, feeling joy, experiencing a positive event in your life only to suddenly start feeling really sad and perhaps to have thoughts of self-loathing to be very confused by that? This is something that has happened to me quite often and it's something that I hear about from other people, particularly people who have borderline personality disorder. However, I'm sure it's not unique to people with BPD. I think that people with depression and other mental health conditions sometimes experience this sudden rather contradictory shift in emotions and thoughts after experiencing a positive event and it's something I wanted to cover in today's episode. Today I had a piece of really good news which was the outcome of my own hard work in part and it relates to getting a freelance job doing something that is meaningful to me and I was really excited and joyful to be told by the interviewers that they wanted to hire me. By the time I got home my mood had suddenly plummeted. I lay down in bed and I felt myself sinking into despair In the past, when good things happened, I flat out became suicidal afterwards, full of self-recrimination and self-loathing. On this occasion, I did manage to distract myself by watching Netflix and watching YouTube videos without letting the despair spiral down into suicidal thinking. I share this not to give myself a big gold star because I didn't experience strong suicidal thinking, but rather to reflect for myself that it has become easier over time to regulate my emotions a bit more and avoid the really painful aspects of having borderline personality disorder, one of which is that recurrent suicidal thinking. I think it's important to state that there's no judgment here. If you experience suicidal ideation after feeling happy and 
slash or if I experience suicidal ideation at some future date, which is very likely, that's not a reflection on me. It's just what happens to be going on at that time. I will share that in the past, one of the tools that has helped me greatly has been calling crisis lines. It's something I started doing almost as a practice before I started to get really suicidal in my thinking. And it became more automatic for me to do that when I needed it. I was left though with the question, why? Why on earth would anyone feel bad when something good happens? Since I know I'm not alone in this perplexing experience, I am dedicating an episode to this very question. And I will be including practical tips and tools that you could use to navigate mood changes, urges and other challenges that occur when positive things happen in your life. Now, as always, please remember that I share my peer experiences and perspectives, which may be different to yours and are not intended to replace qualified medical intervention. I hope that you find something which resonates with you in this episode. So why would you or I feel despair or self-loathing after a positive event? And what exactly do I mean by a positive event? For me, a positive event is anything that evokes feelings of happiness and joy, feelings of self-mastery, and that could be having a nice time with a friend, learning something new, achieving a personal goal, getting something you want, like a job or a new haircut, feeling enthusiastic about something new, doing something enjoyable. I have a theory to share a bit about myself. For a few years after my last major mental health crisis, which was about seven years ago, I battled pretty much every day with suicidal ideation, depression, intrusive thoughts, despair, rage, terror, shame, and other very difficult emotions. Now, they were constants in my life for, as I say, a good couple of years after I had my last crisis. In addition, I was also experiencing a lot of upheaval in my personal circumstances. I was in supported housing. I had no job. I had lost things that I considered part of my life that were important to me and it felt as though I was starting from scratch and I was also in a fairly intensive therapy program. These emotions became strangely familiar, as uncomfortable as they were, and on some days my entire purpose was just to get through a day without letting them take me out, literally and metaphorically. Now, I also experienced what I understand as hypermania, an elevated mood that feels to me personally like being kind of high on drugs, exhilarating and scary at the same time, unless I'm really looking after myself, followed by a crash. Now, this is not what I mean by a positive event or emotion followed by feelings of despair. Hypermania is something different to that. Genuinely happy moments, as opposed to hypermania, were few and far between at that time. So when they did happen, seemingly out of the blue, they were quite disconcerting. So disconcerting that I didn't know what to do with them, 
especially when they didn't last. And I found that my mood would plummet shortly afterwards. Now, on top of this, I also blame myself for not being able to enjoy the moment, enjoy happiness. After all, wasn't what I wanted to be happy. I beat myself up relentlessly, which just made things worse, leaving me feeling guilty and ashamed. I believe that these moments of happiness led to feeling out of control because they didn't last forever. I couldn't control them. They felt unfamiliar. They gave me urges, just like other emotions, such as anger or fear, which didn't make sense to me because I had this notion in my mind that I should want to be happy. Plus, I thought I was wrong for not enjoying them like, in quotes, normal people. It has taken me some years to look at some of the thinking around what it means to be happy and to be joyful. And to be honest with you, I still struggle to tolerate genuine happiness and joy. It's a work in progress for me. What I've come to realise is that I had some very unrealistic and black and white notions of what happiness and joy are. For a start, I thought that I should want to be happy all the time, which kind of made sense. After all, I was so used to feeling despair and anger and frustration and confusion and suicidal urges that for me, the outcome was to be happy. What I've started to realise and continue to realise over time is that happiness is not necessarily an end in itself, nor can happiness, just like any other emotion, be sustained forever. Happiness and joy come and go. That's the bad news, if you will. The good news is that anger, fear, rage, and other challenging emotions also come and go. No emotions are absolute and last forever. One of the things that I started to learn was that I needed to figure out how to sit with happiness and joy when they arrived and let them be there and let them pass. But how exactly do you do that? Well, if this is something you relate to, then the good news is that there are some tools that could be useful. I found them pretty useful and so I want to share them with you. I use them because I think that an important part of managing BPD and any other mental illness and frankly managing our emotions in general is to learn how to tolerate a spectrum of emotions in order to live an authentic and self-accepting life. And part of that is being able to experience happiness and joy when they do occur just like it's important to experience other emotions like anger, fear, shame, even guilt, etc. I practiced accepting a few things about joy and happiness. The first one is that joy and happiness are essential to a balanced or relatively balanced emotional life. So I'm not talking about aspiring to being happy 100% of the time. Clearly that's impossible. However, it is important to cultivate things in our lives that can lead to joy and happiness. And in order to do that, my personal experience has been that I needed to start noticing when I experienced joy and happiness because I didn't know myself seven years ago and I'm only just getting to know myself now. Like all emotions, having BPD, I might feel happiness and joy more intensely than other people do. To help me deal with this, I use the tool of radical acceptance, a dialectical behavioural therapy skill, 
that is to help me accept that I might experience joy and happiness more intensely than other people do, just like I might experience anger and fear more intensely. This is not the episode to go into a long description of what radical acceptance is. So if you want to look at how to use that in a practical sense, I recommend that you Google something like radical acceptance ideas and see what comes up. Now, the other problem I had was shaming and blaming myself for not reacting as I thought I, in quotes, should. And that kept me in an adversarial relationship with happiness and with myself. Practicing acceptance that it was just part of my own current makeup that, well, yes, it seems to be I might experience a plummeting mood in response to happiness, actually gave me more space to let it in. What I'm saying is that when I started trying to accept that because of who I am and because of the way my emotions and moods work, I sometimes feel happy and then feel really shit afterwards. And that's just the way it is. It isn't a question of that I shouldn't feel like that or it's bad or wrong to feel like that. It just is. My priority is always to stay safe. So one thing I do is to plan some kind of self-care activity that I know will calm me down and soothe me after happiness has passed company. I find it helps to have a list of self-care activities that are easily accessible at home and when I'm out of the house. And self-care could be something as simple as taking a few deep, slow breaths. As an example, when I came back home after hearing the good news about the freelance job that I'd been offered, I kind of automatically knew when my mood started really dropping that I could watch something um, on YouTube and look at Netflix and that that was a distraction activity that I've used before many times. So it just automatically kicked in that I did that rather than being in this morass of despair and feeling horrible and shaming and blaming myself because I've practiced kind of telling myself that, look, this is the way it is. It's not bad or good. It, it's just something to do with my physiological makeup and my emotions and to some degree habitual thought patterns like that I go into this sort of negative spiral after feeling happy and now that I know that I don't have to fight with it I'll just do something that helps me to distract from those emotions. Accepting and validating that it may in fact be comfortable to feel like shit was another game changer for me. I mean if that's what I knew then why wouldn't it feel comforting even though I hated it? I realised by using a dialectical approach that I could find unhappiness and pain comfortable while also wanting to feel different. That took some pressure off. Again, if you want to learn more about what dialectical thinking or a dialectical approach is, I recommend you Google DBT dialectical approach or DBT dialectical thinking and see what comes up. Now, another really vital tool for me has been to use mindful awareness to notice my feelings in general. This allowed me to notice smaller moments of happiness and work with them, which in turn made larger moments easier to tolerate. And what I mean by that is that when I started to have these little moments of mindful awareness that, oh, I'm out in the park with my dog and I'm really enjoying the breeze on my face, or, oh, I like sitting here and people watching in this cafe, you know, small, small moments, when something more profoundly happiness-inspiring happened, I'd sort of built up a resilience and an ability to notice and sit with 
smaller moments of happiness and joy. And that's been the case for me with other emotions like anger and fear. Resilience is a key word for me because my understanding of resilience is that I need to practice using tools and strategies in my daily life that help me to rewire my habitual patterns of behaviour and to some degree my patterns of thinking. Now, I'm not suggesting this is the blanket solution to dealing with BPD by any means. I think that would be quite a simplistic attitude to have. These tips and tools that I share are mainly derived from dialectical behavioural therapy, which I have taught myself with the help of peers in online groups side by side with real time therapy. I've also had intensive group therapy for about two years through the NHS and I don't think I would have been able to apply myself to the DBT self-teaching without that grounding in the group therapy and in having professionals trained in working with people with personality disorders to assist me as well as my peers. Please don't think I'm suggesting that it's your responsibility to implement these strategies and that's going to make you well. To some degree, they will make a big difference though. As an example, one of my goals is to pursue trauma recovery in future. It is something that I've started to do. I realised that I didn't have the tools for living that I needed to sustain myself and stay safe while going through that kind of therapy. So I do address it to some degree in my current therapy and in my life. However, it, there's a lot more work to do and cultivating that resilience is a part of me preparing myself to be able to tackle that. Resilience is really necessary, I think, if we're going to have any kind of life worth living. One of my go-tos is avoidance. When I'm feeling overwhelmed, if I don't want to deal with difficulties and my emotions and other people, my tendency is to avoid and to retreat. And that does serve a purpose. The problem is that it sends me into isolation, which makes me less resilient and less able to cope with life. One of the things that I try to live by is the only way is through. I may need to take breaks at times and I may take a step backwards at times. That's just part of being a human dealing with a long-term illness. However, I keep trying and it's important for me to recognise when I do have success and I do make progress. For example, noticing that okay, I'm heading into suicidal ideation territory, so I'm going to do X, Y and Z to distract myself. And then noticing that two or three years ago, I wouldn't have been able to have the experience of being accepted for a part-time job, let alone deal with the ensuing plummet in mood afterwards. I also acknowledge to myself that anything new, including allowing myself to feel happiness and joy, can be scary. I may have thoughts like, this will never last, something's going to come and take this away, I don't deserve this. These thoughts, it's important for me to bear in mind, are not the truth, they're just thoughts. 
Noticing and allowing moments of happiness and working with post-happiness despair also lets me figure out more clearly who I am and what I like. Recently, for example, I've enjoyed reading certain fashion blogs, being in nature and watching a stand-up comics routines on YouTube. These experiences tell me something about myself as I am rather than who I think I should be or who other people think I should be. I have had moments of joy watching people try on and buy my jewellery and seeing animals too. Remembering that learning to tolerate happiness and other emotions moves me closer towards having a clearer sense of who I am as a motivator. For me, that has to do with the real discomfort and unhappiness and sense of confusion that I felt. As with intense rage, panic and sadness, I need distraction and self-soothing tools to cope with happiness that sometimes feels too heightened. Happiness and joy at the end of the day are part of the pantheon of feelings. I hope that this episode has given you some food for thought. I hope that it's been useful to you and I would love to hear your thoughts, your feedback, anything you'd like to share. As always, you can reach me via Twitter. My Twitter handle is at beyondtheborder3. That's at beyond the b-o-r-d-e three or just search for beyond the borderline on twitter definitely let me know your thoughts thanks again for listening before i go i'd like to request if you have a few moments and you found this podcast helpful to give me a review on itunes or whichever podcast network you listen on because that really helps this content to reach other people who might need it Also, you can now leave a voicemail for the podcast. So if there's something you want to share, that's another way that you can share your thoughts and your opinions. And unless you state that you would like it to remain anonymous, I might play your voicemail on an upcoming episode. That's all for now. I wish you a peaceful 24 hours and at the very least a few peaceful moments in your day. Take care, peace.